We may not know when, but whether it's sooner or later, the market's betting that the Fed's next move is a cut. That's a big shift in opportunities for investors. So what can you do about it? Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of February 5th, 2024, and boy, do I have a treat for you today. As the markets debate when and how frequently the Fed may cut interest rates, our investors have been thinking about what that means for a portfolio. There's still plenty of uncertainty out there, so what can you do about it? So today I have two of my colleagues joining me who have been thinking a lot about this question and have a few very tangible ideas for us. Tom Musmano is a senior managing director at Mackay Shields focused on credit, and John Lawler is a portfolio manager and trader at Mackay Municipal Managers focused on, of course, the municipal bond market. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for having us. Now, I kicked off that you have a great set of ideas to share with us today, and we'll dive into that plenty over the course of our conversation, I'm sure. But just in the highest possible terms, what's your idea? How do you see this market right now? Very simply, Lauren, the idea is to take some of the cash that you have sitting on the sidelines and move it out into short duration uh, funds. Why would an investor want to do that now? You know, if you look at what happened back in November and December when the Fed was just thinking about cutting rates and how swiftly the market got away from investors, um, they want to be ahead of that um, because the, the market will price them out once the Fed does eventually move. Not, and Lauren, I would add that uh, there uh, is, by sitting in cash, there is reinvestment risk that exists as the Fed starts to embark on a cutting cycle. And so moving some of that cash into uh, other products out the curve uh, can um, protect you from that risk. Now, of course, we have both of you here representing this idea, which is in part a reflection that we're thinking about tax-free opportunities, so municipal bonds, but also taxable instruments, corporate bonds. It's two different asset classes. Why pair them together? You know, investors should really consider their tax status. They should consider where they're domiciled. Um, and you have an opportunity, if you're flexible enough, to go in between the two products and pick up the best after-tax or taxable equivalent yield in the marketplace today. Additionally, there are opportunities that exist in both markets, different for both markets. So uh, in the taxable market, you know, asset-backed receivables are something that where you can generate a good amount of yield. We may not be able to get that in the, in the tax-exempt market uh, as well. Now, when you spoke about why now, you mentioned reinvestment risks. So I think a pertinent question for investors would be, how much time do they have to make a change like this, moving out of cash into short duration investments? I guess, in other words, how tactical is this investment idea? Well, Lauren, the way, the way we were thinking about this is honestly, the market has priced in some of the move already. So when you look at the short term uh, market, the, the yields are lower than than cash. Uh, so you're, you do have to pay a little bit to get into the trade. But I think ultimately, when the Fed does begin to cut rates, that you will be 
you will be rewarded for having moved out the curve. We don't think this about this as a tactical trade as much as we think about this as more a strategic positioning and we're leaning into or leaning out of the positioning uh, depending on the opportunity set. Short duration has historically provided very strong returns, both in the taxable and tax exempt markets relative to the overall market with much less risk associated with it. So we think it, it, it makes sense to think about it strategically and, and more think about your the opportunity to, to tier one's cash position by owning not only uh, money markets or cash alternatives, but also kind of short duration funds. Yeah, we also look at it as an allocation to this part of the curve should be a part of a, an investor's core allocation strategy. And, and the market is finally giving you that opportunity to really allocate here in a meaningful way. So why not take advantage of the opportunity set that you're presented with and, and capitalize by locking in those rates for a little bit longer term? Understood. So we really are looking at return potential here, especially as the Fed uh, hopefully starts to lower interest rates. The biggest pushback that comes to my mind from conversations with investors is why take on incremental credit risk when the environment is so uncertain? In other words, wouldn't you still prefer the safety or perceived safety of cash or cash-like securities? You know, I think you hit it on the head. There, there is a uh, total return aspect of it from having a you know a two or three year duration type allocation in your portfolio. Um, once the Fed does start cutting rates, those bonds, um, many of which we own at discounts or can source at discounts now, um, are going to quickly approach par, giving the investor a little bit of a, uh, a more of a total return type look and feel for that short allocation strategy. And I would add that we believe you are being compensated to take some credit risk uh, in the market, especially on the front end where spreads over your treasury yields are are still very attractive. And so that incremental yield you're, you're earning in short duration products is compensating you for that uh, additional risk you're taking relative to being in a cash-like strategy while providing uh, safety to, to some of the reinvestment risk that occurs that might occur in the market. Well, while I have you both here and we're talking about credit, as a macro person, I'd really love to hear your view from on the ground of how you would assess credit quality of your asset classes right now. You know, how does that quality look? I guess we can speak to both corporate and municipal issuers. Yeah, for for municipal issuers, quite frankly, their their balance sheets and and credit status have never been stronger, especially when you're looking on a short term time horizon. Most municipalities have. Uh, cash surpluses or rainy day funds that they can lean on. Um, property values are up. Sales and use taxes are up. All the collections that drive revenues for a municipal issuer are all at historic highs, even pre-2019 uh, type levels. So um, from a credit quality standpoint, municipal issuers are, are quite frankly, have never been better. One of the markets that we've been leading into has actually been the securitization market, and the, the many of the asset classes that we are looking at are, are backed by consumers, and consumers are, are also in very well uh, are very well positioned uh, in this environment. They also are protected. These structure the structures are, are very well protected due this uh, the way they're they've been built. And then on the corporate side, the corporations are, are also in, in good shape, and so even though the and they've prepared for the potential downturn, as we talked about a lot in 2023, the potential for 
the recession. So corporations are actually prepared for that by reducing uh, workforce a bit or cutting up, squeezing kind of uh, expenses. And so I think they're in good position for a potential downturn. Now, I mentioned at the top of the episode that I, I find this investment idea to be timely because investors have turned their attention so much to what do we do to take advantage of higher yields while we still have them, um, right? But one of the other things that I think is interesting about this idea is the pairing, the combination of corporate and municipal short duration opportunities. And you know, that's one of the benefits from my perspective that Mackay brings by having both of these uh, shops in the same house, so to speak. But I, I'd like to ask you uh, that question. Why would you say Mackay is well-suited to balance the risk and opportunity you've been speaking to today? Yeah, I think we had an interesting perspective, and especially given the fact of, of the collaboration that we have across different accounts that we manage where, that have this, this crossover type mandate. Uh, Tom and I sit in the same office uh, five days a week. And, you know, I can just walk across the floor and, and talk about what's going on in his market um, and fill him in on what's going on in mine. Um, but also as a as a relative value active manager, we have the flexibility to to shift our positioning to where you're best being compensated in the market. And I would add that we are allocating uh, additional resources and dedicating uh, dedicated resources towards the front end of the curve because of the unique opportunity that it currently uh, has in the marketplace. Is there anything else that you think we've missed you may want to share while we have you? I'd just like to hit on the, the point that we talked about earlier around the, the core allocation uh, for short duration. When we talk to institutional investors, we talk a lot about this idea of tiering their cash. And so Money market funds historically uh, are instruments uh, where you know they can help you with your operating needs, and so the NEV doesn't move, and so with your, your daily cash needs, whether to pay your electric bill, that's something that we really want our NEV to be unchanged, and that to, we know every day it's it's that plus a little bit. Where I think for rainy day cash or rainy day needs, that's something that we don't know exactly when it will come, but we want to have some funds available. Uh, for for us to to use, and I think those funds can be something that um, can have a little bit of volatility to them, and so we, we we think about that as a good place for short duration products to also play. You know, so you have some NAV volatility, but historically, the returns that a short duration fund can generate are greater than that of of a cash or cash like instrument uh, over longer periods of time. Yeah, and in addition, you know, we estimated that. Uh, the T-bill rolling strategy that retail investors have been have implemented in their portfolios are going to create massive tax bills for these retail investors in the tune of $60 billion from just from 2023 alone. So looking at it from a, an, an after-tax basis um, to reduce some of that, that tax burden, um, having a little bit of a, a short allocation to the municipal market will, will prove beneficial for any of our listeners who may not be aware, NAV is net asset value, which is effectively the the per share price or market value of a mutual fund. This has been a stellar conversation, guys, and actionable, the very best kind. So I want to thank you both, first of all, for being here. But I'd also like to let our audience know that the two of you are 
partnering on these ideas, topics at the short end of the curve. And so anyone who's interested in investment ideas like this can find those insights, including some charts and visuals on what we've discussed today at MackaiShields.com or NewYorkLifeInvestments.com. But that's it for today. For all your questions and topics of interest, reach out to us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views at NewYorkLifeInvestments.com backslash global dash markets, or like I said, for our partners here today at MackaiShields.com. Until then, I'm Lauren Goodwin. We'll see you next time. Our podcast is produced by Will Tyus, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. Mackay Shields is 100% owned by Nylum Holdings, which is a wholly owned New York Life insurance company. Mackay Shields is a sub-advisor for some main state funds and one of the New York Life Investments Company. Not all products and services provided by Mackay Shields may be available to all investors, limited by applicable laws and regulations in certain jurisdictions. Any opinions expressed are the views and opinions of certain investment professionals at Mackay Shields, which are subject to change without notice. No part of this material may be reproduced in any form or referred to in any other publication without express written permission of Mackay Shields. New York Life Investments is both the service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with the New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nylife Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. New York Life Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.